Hey everyone, welcome to the Legal Soft Podcast. I'm Shine Alahi. I'm here with Dan Taft, our director of social media. Thanks for having me today, Cheyenne. I am excited to be here. And uh, as you said, I am the director of social media services here for clients at LegalSoft, our law firm clients, and um, also now expanding into SEO. But I know that our conversation today is about social media, so we can stay there. So Dan, what are your tips for a law firm looking to do social media marketing? Um. I have a lot of tips for a law firm looking to do social media marketing. Um, the first is sort of a philosophical tip of why you should be doing it in the first place and what the value of doing this is, which a lot of people kind of have questions about. And I don't think have a, in my opinion, um, as pointed of, as an, of an understanding of what the real value is. In my opinion, the reason social media is good for law firms is because the average consumer who is going to become a client is typically going to do a lot of due diligence before making a decision on who they hire. So when you're appearing on platforms like Instagram, which have a huge audience and people spend a lot of hours on, you're showing up where consumers live and you're creating opportunities for them to gain comfort and a familiarity with you prior to calling you versus your competitor. The more that you can kind of build a robust library of content over time, speaking to a lot of different issues and showing yourself as a thought leader and someone who's going to genuinely care about clients, the more likely the pool of potential clients is going to gravitate towards you versus your competitor. And that to me is why law firms should do social media and make videos in and But law firm, law firms are boring. What, do you do or what do you recommend that people do to make social media fun for something that is essentially a industry that is lackluster for interesting point although i would argue that you know people love lawyers there's a lot of tv shows very big tv hits and movie hits about lawyers so people are interested in lawyers it's just a matter of sort of positioning yourself not in a hokey way but in a genuine way that um you know is compelling. And obviously a lot of law cases are compelling. So you can kind of speak to things like firm victories, you know, or, uh, things that have an interesting narrative element to them, cases, unexpected twists, anything like that, that can either tout the, the successes that the law firm has had, or just sort of spin an interesting narrative off of experiences you've had as a lawyer. There are other kinds of videos that I recommend clients make like attorney reacts videos for PI lawyers. That could be them looking at 10 seconds of an accident clip on YouTube and then us cutting to them, giving their opinion on what they saw, what the liability might look like. That could be an Amazon surveillance camera accident, catching something. It could be a light, more lighthearted thing like an attorney reacting to a scene from suits or better call Saul or my cousin Vinny or, you know, um, anything like that. So, and then there's, Trending stories, which there's tons of legal trending stories. Celebrities are always in trouble um, in one respect or another. Um, and there's trending stories about law changes in states. You know, the presidential election is coming up. There's going to be a lot of things that tie into things like immigration law and certainly criminal law that, you know, you can take a 10 second soundbite of candidates arguing and react to that. All of these things are kind of dynamic, interesting ways to create video. Um, so yeah, you know, I don't think it's, um, 
I think painting themselves into a corner and thinking that they're not going to be able to create compelling content is sort of um, shooting shooting themselves in the foot before even giving it a try. And there are ways to kind of diversify it and make it genuinely interesting as a standalone page. And again, when people are looking for um, information on these lawyers, they're going to come across their videos. You know, when they're doing when they're vetting a purchasing decision or a hiring decision of what lawyer they're going to go with, um, you know, videos are a real unique opportunity to sort of introduce yourself without actually doing it. Hmm. And you keep going back to videos. How important is it for these law firms to be making actual video-based content versus like a static post or a graphic post? Um, is it significant? Does it make a difference? How important is actual video content versus non-video content? Yeah, so these are now video platforms. You know, 15 years ago, static posts were great, um, but we're in 2023, almost in 2024. By the time this is out, who knows? But um, so, you know, the uh, it, TikTok is, an, is a video platform. YouTube Shorts is a video platform. They both were created to basically compete with Reels. Um, I mean, YouTube obviously pre-existed Instagram, but, um, but you know, so <laughs> these are video platforms at this point. I would, I would not say that, Static posts are useless. They serve a purpose, certainly, especially as like supplementary content. It's difficult to make 20 or 30 videos a month. Not everyone's going to be able to do that. But, you know, making five, six, seven, even 10 videos a month and then supplementing that with every other day posts that could be static posts but just speak to anything, you know, is a good strategy. But yes, video certainly um, is a giant cornerstone to making these platforms and these campaigns successful. So as a law firm, how do I create a strategy for social media in terms of what platforms I'm posting on? Is there a blueprint? Is there a one shoe fits all? Is it kind of what you're comfortable with? How do you determine what platforms to be on as a law firm? Should I be on all platforms? Yeah, um, each platform uh, has certain unique characteristics that I would say um, make them uniquely valuable. For example, Instagram is sort of the widest net demographic wise consumer consumer base wise you're going to hit more of a middle ground of an age demo with instagram obviously this is not true across the board but it's going to skew more into millennials um you know gen x you're going to see a heavier density of a user base in instagram between the ages of late 20s early 30s up to maybe 50. Uh, Facebook skews to an older demo late Gen X or early Gen X whatever it is and uh, boomers you know late 50s 60s early 70s that's Facebook again younger people are on Facebook but in terms of like where they are separate themselves from these other platforms that is typically going to show up to an older demo TikTok's going to show up to a younger demo that's Gen Z you know mid 20s under um, so, and then you have things like Google My Business, YouTube Shorts, those are Google products. Those are going to be promoted by Google in a way that Google is never going to promote a Mark Zuckerberg, Mark, ugh, Mark Zuckerberg company. So, you know, um, they compete. He's going to, or he, <laughs> Google is going to push YouTube Shorts and Google My Business. LinkedIn is business to business. You know, again, they are just all kind of unique in their own way. So my my gut in terms of what I recommend to clients is to sort of, potentially look at doing all of them. Um, there are other platforms as well, but you know, those are the, the ones that I would push people towards just in terms of where I think the most value is. And again, it depends on their practice area, obviously an elder law, um, someone doing succession planning, 
and um, you know, estate planning law, probate law, they're going to usually be looking at an older target demo of client base versus someone who may be doing something like PI. PI also skews old and young. I mean, if you're looking at car accidents, you know, more people are going to get in car accidents in their late teens and early 20s, and then also again in their 60s and 70s versus someone in their 30s and 40s. So it's just about knowing who you're going after and then kind of strategically choosing which platforms to show up on. So, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. How important is practice type in determining a social media strategy? Uh, I think it's important. Again, um, depending on if they're doing criminal law or PI or elder law um, or immigration, different age demos are going to matter, um, you know, and whether they want to be trying to capture more leads and more traffic from something like Google. Hmm. And what if I'm an attorney who hates being on camera and just does not have the time or the patience or I'm just not comfortable with making this kind of content. What's your advice to me or what's your solution to that problem? Um, yeah, that's fine. I, we have clients like that. Um, I mean, again, we can create, you can create static posts. Um, you can also use B roll footage that doesn't necessarily have you featured. You could use somebody else at your firm. You could use AI. There is now AI where you can basically plug a script in and there could be an AI person that could be the face of the firm if you want to try that. So you're saying regardless of how I feel as an attorney, I should get over that and kind of step out of my comfort zone or find something that works because I should be on social no matter what? Yeah, I would say that in, if you're going to have an online marketing strategy and an online brand building strategy – not having social media as a core component of that is, is a misstep. And kind of building off that, when you talk about brand strategy, is that kind of the first step in determining your approach to social media? Cause I know some of these attorneys, they might want to be more funny or comedical. And then some of them are just serious. They don't make any content that's not informative or educational. Um, is that something that you take into consideration or these firms should take into consideration before approaching social media and kind of formulating a brand strategy as to, what type of digital presence do we want this firm to have? Absolutely. Yeah, you want to, again, be authentic and genuine. Um, some lawyers are naturally very funny. They like being on camera and kind of playing it up to the camera. Other lawyers are dead serious. So, you know, I would just say lean into whatever your natural personality is. Same thing with aesthetic. You know, if you're going to key in on things like color palette, which is big for Instagram, um, and just kind of brand matching logos, all that stuff goes into identifying who you are as a firm versus who you're competing with. Great. Um, what are some examples of the greatest social media strategies or campaigns that you've seen that have had some of the most success for law firms? Um, well, there's a bunch. Um, I would say in general, just really getting on a consistent schedule of posting a lot of videos. I, I think embracing the idea that of not letting perfect be the enemy of the good. Um, you don't want to kind of fall into a, you know, um, analysis paralysis, as they might say, where you're just kind of, you know, second guessing everything you're doing, get it up, you know, push it out there. There are, again, a lot of law firm actually, um, platforms and, you know, Instagram platforms in particular that have tens of thousands of, of followers and have, and get real genuine traction on these videos and people interacting with them and so on and so forth. So I think it's just about making it entertaining and compelling. Great. So I'm a law firm. I understand my brand strategy. I have put together a social media strategy. Now it's time for implementation. 
what is the frequency of these posts? Is that something that's up to the comfort of the firm and what they have the bandwidth for? Or is there a minimum requirement per platform? What's your advice with that? Um, I Again, I would say at least once a day is a good strategy to look at in terms of posting. Across platforms or is that specific to a platform? Across platforms, really anywhere. I mean, Google My Business maybe a little bit less. You don't necessarily need a daily Google My Business content piece. Um, but certainly Instagram, TikTok, well, TikTok's video again. So, you know, anything that's video, it's going to be a little challenging possibly to create 20 or 25 videos a month. Maybe you can do it, but it's a lot. Um, but again, just kind of sticking to Instagram, which I think is really where you want to build out from that because you can do video and static. I would say once a day, you could do twice a day. You know, you don't want to be pushing too much where you're oversaturating and kind of creating disinterest or an aversion to the content, but you know, a healthy balance, I think once, twice a day is fine. Interesting. Okay. And then how important is it for firms to track what they're doing on social media? Yeah, very important. Um, you know, all of these platforms now have very, um, detailed analytic tracking and metrics. You can really kind of keep a close eye on how sticky your content is versus how bouncy it is, what kind of engagement you're getting. You can see what's working and what's not working. Um, some clients will use things like tracking numbers that are unique to a social media campaign. So they know if a call is coming in through this number, that's coming from the social media campaign. There's a lot of ways to kind of set it up so that you can kind of really gauge um, response and sort of how well the campaign is working. Now, all of these social media platforms have an algorithm, right? And I'm sure you've heard, you know, playing the algorithm game. How important is that for a firm to do? Or is that something you don't recommend? No, I mean, yeah, you know, play, play the game. Sure. Uh, yeah, there's, tr again, I think I mentioned earlier trending, the idea of trending stories, you know, things have their own momentum online in terms of the online conversation, things pop up in the zeitgeist, you can kind of leverage the snowball effect that a story might have. Pete Davidson is drunk and crashes a car into a house. You know, you're an LAPI lawyer. That's a good story to talk about. Um, you know, the, the, Alab the Birmingham, Alabama dock brawl, you know, I had a client talk about that, you know, it, it, that was, he was in Birmingham. He's a, you know, an attorney there. So especially when things are close to home or they're a big trending news story, um, those are always good to talk about. You can, you know, ha you, use hashtags and use, use the copy and caption to kind of make crawlable content that's going to match with a trending story. I would always recommend doing that, but every story can't be a trending news topic either. Johnny Depp. Uh, yeah, he, he was in that trial with Amber Heard, you know, and that was a pretty big trial. So that's another one where, you know, we had clients and we could clip pieces of that that was televised. So we actually took some, some content from the actual trial itself and then we'd cut to lawyers talking about it and just knocking it right out of the park. Homer. So I think we have a good understanding of what to do on social media. What are the do nots? What are things firms should absolutely not do when they're on social media? I would say anything that is, well, I mean, you know, there's a catch 22 of this. I was going to say anything that's like controversial you're a company. It is important to remember that you are a company and not an individual. I mean, individuals can certainly get, you know, put themselves in bad situations and sort of the public eye and get, you know, canceled or whatever. You should be thinking about that in terms of like what is going to rub, you know, people the wrong way potentially and make sure that you're 
kind of playing the middle, I would say a little bit. Um, but you know, that is, uh, that's one thing, but again, you know, controversy can also work in your favor. So it's, again, that's where it's like, a it's hard to say, cause you could be a, you could, that could be your thing. You could be a, a controversy person who says crazy stuff on the, on social and that could get you an audience. So, um, my biggest thing I would say is just to, to be yourself. You know, I don't, I don't think you should be putting on a show or trying to whatever just just what if i'm a pretty private person though and i don't want to share too much about my who i am and my personal life and i just want to keep it professional it's fine i don't think you have to share anything about your personal life i mean really again it's about your business ultimately these people that are going to be coming across this or you have to see them as potential clients which they could be and then you just want to kind of put your best foot forward and present yourself in a way that you know Put, put yourself in their shoes. If, if they were coming, you were coming across somebody and, tr- and making a decision whether you were going to reach out to them for a legal issue, you know, what would you want to see? What would you want to hear from someone that would say, hey, make you say, I'm going to talk to this person? That's it. Do you recommend firms get political or talk about current events in the world that may, particularly, may potentially be controversial to speak about what's your approach with that uh, um yeah i would just say that um again if it's something that somebody is passionate about and they feel like they want to use the platform and they want to present their firm and themselves and their business in a way where they're supporting whatever political cause that they feel like they sh- need to voice you know they they need to kind of get behind fine but in general my blanket advice would be to mostly avoid that. I don't think it's really, I don't think people are going on these platforms or at least going on these platforms when they're looking for you, you as a business person to see what your opinion is on this. Ultimately, again, you're a lawyer, you're providing this service. I would say to kind of keep to stay on topic and keep to, you know, keep a narrow message around what you want people coming to you for on a business sense. But again, I would never tell somebody at the same time to not voice their heart. If they want to go on, on there and say something about something. You know. That's great advice. Um, what do you feel if I'm an attorney and I have a personal Instagram and I have a professional business, what's your approach with that? Should the personal one be private? Should I keep that separate? Should I not have two Instagrams? Like I want, I have a social life. I have friends. I want to interact with them and I want to interact with them outside of this professional setting of this is my firm. Yeah. I would definitely recommend keeping those separate. We do. Uh, I do come across clients sometimes that'll have like their business account and then they'll have like an influencer account. You know, that's kind of an interesting idea. And I think those can be separated as well and, you know, used for different purposes, but I would never say to blend those. You can, but again, I think the more, I hate to use the word narrow, but the more like, the more focused the, the, um, messaging is the more sort of clear and the more it's going to land with an audience. So that I think is, is really where you want to stay. So do I want to keep my Instagram private, my personal Instagram private, if I'm an attorney? Uh, maybe, I mean, I don't know what you're, what you're putting up there, you know, but, uh, if, if, if you're putting anything up there that you think, you know, you might not want clients to be looking at, then sure. Um, it just depends, but, um, 
yeah, it, it, it it's it's an individual choice and whatever the person thinks. They can make it private, make it public. Now, is there a best platform that all attorneys should be on? Is there like one platform that it's like, this is the number one platform, you're going to get the most reach, the most engagement? I mean, it's Instagram, just just off of audience size. And again, the reason Instagram to me is the big one is because the demo is the widest. It's the same, you know, like how broadcast television, not now necessarily, but 25, 30 years ago, there was broadcast and there was cable, you know, and broadcast was going to reach a much bigger audience overall than cable, which was more niche. I know I'm talking about something from decades back now, but, but it's the same idea. You know, um, TikTok, TikTok has a huge audience, but TikTok has a very specific audience. You know, someone who's 55 years old, they might be on TikTok, but it's not that likely versus Instagram, which, you know, someone that's in those age demos, it's it just more, much more likely they're going to be on Instagram than TikTok and Facebook, by the way, you know, um, is there a reason why you say Instagram? Cause I know YouTube is the second largest search platform in the world, but it is, there is a much larger barrier to entry to YouTube. It is much more difficult to make consistent content for YouTube. Um, so do you think that's why Instagram, cause it's the ease of access and kind of the ability to get on that platform and get it going and actually build a following is much easier than say, YouTuber. I think so. And I think, again, the reality is people, YouTube is social media, basically, but like, I don't think the average person thinks of it that way, really. You know, the way that they're thinking of Instagram as like social, like a social media profile. They're not thinking of their YouTube account as like a social media profile necessarily. And I think, again, that affects consumer behavior. Ultimately, everything comes down to consumer behavior. You know, you want to really understand the psychology of where people are, why they're there, how much time they're spending there and what they're looking for when they're on there. And if you can kind of, you know, zero in on that and crack that code, you can do a lot. Yeah. So recently there was a story about a judge in New York who actually had OnlyFans, I think is like a side hustle, I guess. I'm not sure why, or maybe it was a hobby. Um, and I guess he lost his job due to the fact that he was on OnlyFans. So how important is it to keep your private life private? Sure. Yeah. I think I actually recently heard about this, uh, <clears throat> this story and I would, you know, I would say you want to be careful, you know, again, it depends on, on what you're doing online. You know, everyone is different. Um, but you know, if you're doing anything that could jeopardize your business or your position or, you know, you're standing in the public eye and you are a public figure, you know, some lawyers are, are public figures, maybe not every one of them, but, um, you know, you are representing, uh, a business in your law firm. You want to be very mindful of what that means. Um, and you want to be, you know, err on the side of caution is kind of always what I would recommend. Great. And then, so kind of shifting gears here, how do you recommend firms engage with their following? Do you respond to comments? Do you respond to DMs? Do you follow people back? Are there rules to this? Is it case by case and how? Yeah. So in terms of engaging um, with audience and other accounts, I would say, you know, you do want to kind of have a plan in place to reply to pertinent messages. You don't need to reply to emojis or spammy messages, but anything where someone is really trying to comment or engage with content, you want to keep an eye on that. You want to create a conversation. Um, you want to 
manage your messages or direct messages and kind of try to do any lead capture if there are potential leads coming in through there. Um, you don't want to just let things slip through the cracks. You can also post on other people's accounts. You can engage with other accounts. You can be proactive, you know, as long as there are accounts that I think match what you're looking to do with your brand. Again, and similar to the point you brought up before, um, about not doing something on a private account that could jeopardize your, your other position. You also want to be careful about what accounts you're engaging with and interacting with to make sure those are also not something that could tarnish your your reputation if people see you interacting with them. That's a really good point. Um, how detrimental is it to pay for followers or pay for engagement? Because I know there's people I follow who do it. Um, is that like a instant gratification, but you're setting yourself up for long-term failure? How do you feel about that? Yeah, I don't like it. Um, you know, I, I definitely don't recommend it. And I think if you have it, I would tell you to stop, you know, or pull it, but everyone's different. You can do it. You know, it's up to, up to the individual, what they want to do. But ultimately to me, those, those accounts don't look good. Um, they look suspicious. They look, it's like, Oh, this lawyer has a hundred thousand followers. Okay. You know, then are they getting, you know, 3000 likes and 5000 likes on every single piece of content or are they getting four likes, you know, because that's pretty weird if they have 100,000 followers, but every time they put up content, it gets 65 or 100 or 200 views and three likes. It doesn't it doesn't make sense. Also, the platforms themselves can penalize you and kind of um, push you down and in, in search for doing that. So, you know. They work in very mysterious ways. You're never going to talk to anybody at Instagram or at Meta. Um, they don't exist in terms of a customer service level. So good luck getting your questions answered. But if you do something they don't like, you know, your account could be in trouble and you could have a very hard time regaining the credibility back to the account that, that you built up. So it's risky, you know, and, and again, to the average person looking at it, I just don't think it looks very good. I agree. Thank you. You've been uh giving us amazing advice and a in great insight on how to approach social media. Anything that we can do to help, if anybody ever has questions, they can certainly reach out to me. Uh, again, I'm Dan Taft at LegalSoft, the Director of Social Media Marketing and SEO. And, uh, you know, if you have questions, drop them in the comments. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the LegalSoft podcast, spending time with me and hearing all about social media. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave a like and subscribe and leave a five-star review. If you're not watching us on YouTube, remember you can always subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. <laughs>